We're in Colossians chapter 3, going through our study in Colossians. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, uh, lest they be discouraged. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word uh, tonight. And, and I do thank you that moment by moment you are caring for us and watching over us and and expect that we remember that that relationship we have with you is a continual thing, a moment by moment, and uh, praying continually and trying to have our hearts open to your will and the things you'd have us to do and say. We, we thank you for your love, for, for your watch care. Uh, and dear God, I pray for the filling of your spirit uh, tonight. Uh, help, uh, help me to minister the word to your church. And, Pray for those in the nursery tonight, filled with thy spirit, watching the children. I'm thankful for each one here. I'm thankful for those that are with us uh, online. And Father, I pray that you would just speak to every heart and uh, help us to, uh, to draw closer to you, that you'd be glorified, uh, Father, in, uh, in the preaching and teaching of your word, that your Holy Spirit uh, would do the teaching to our hearts and that we might be open uh, and, uh, and and follow those things that we learn. Father, we uh, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, let's see where we're at here, and I think we got through all that. We're looking tonight point D. A word uh, to parents, a word to parents. My fathers provoked not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So we saw earlier in the passage that children are to obey their parents, plural. Uh, we mentioned that we would have to say something about that in a little while. We'll do that here. Uh, the parents must be, of course, of one mind, uh, presenting a united goals and commands without undermining the other's authority. Uh, parents should not be divided in their leadership uh, before their children. Uh, so uh, as you uh, grow as a Christian, if, if God has uh, marriage for you in his will, then you want to be sure uh, of, uh, you know, of uh, how you would rear children if God gives you children. Uh, how uh, they're to be disciplined at home, all these things. You want to be settled on that uh, before you get married and uh, uh, so that you won't marry and then have problems. Uh, uh, you want to be settled in God's will on those things and, uh, of course, marry someone like-minded. You know, the Bible talks about believers marrying only in the Lord. Uh, you know, some people, you know, oh, he said they, they said they accepted Jesus as their Savior. That's good enough for him, you know. And, uh, but only the Lord means that they exemplify a life that convinces you that they're born again. Anybody can say they've prayed a prayer uh, or, or those things. But, I mean, you, you get to know somebody, you want to know that, they're, that, they're, they, that they are saved, that they are serving the Lord. Evidence of that Holy Spirit and learning, of course, the things that they believe. Uh, 
and uh, having that one mind uh, uh, that the children be not confused or get discouraged. First Corinthians fourteen eight. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So if you know if mom and dad aren't in agreement, how is that going to help the children? They're not going to be ready for the battle of life, are they? Uh, getting conflicting um, ideas. We've seen uh, in the Bible, you know, some parents that were good parents, some some not so much. Uh, thankfully, the Bible is honest, so we don't see any perfect parents. Uh, but uh, but we uh, do learn from uh, parents. I think about uh, Isaac and Rebecca, and uh, uh, they were they were good parents. One of the few. Uh, uh, monogamous couples that we find uh, uh, faithful to God and uh, in the Bible there's a few others as far as we can discern Joseph uh, perhaps uh, uh, Moses some believe that uh, that uh, Zipporah and the Ethiopian woman were one and the same uh, some believe they were two different uh, one dying earlier before Moses marrying the other some believe uh, or, yeah two different some believe uh, they're, they're, they're the same so uh, possibly Moses there. Um, Hosea, it seems, perhaps. Isaiah, Ezekiel. Uh, there were some, uh, some good uh, examples there uh, to follow. And Isaac and, and Rebekah uh, were good in that, in, in, in that realm. However, we remember when the children came, what happened? They, they picked their favorites. Remember that? I, um, um, Isaac liked Esau because he could go out and get those deer. He liked that venison. And Rebecca, you know, she she liked Joseph. He was a plain man and and uh, and uh, good with the gardening and such. And uh, so they so they picked their favorites. But when they were born, what had God told Isaac? Uh, uh, God pronounced at the birth there that the elder shall serve the younger. The elder shall serve the younger. And you might remember what happened when Isaac got older. He couldn't see, but he wanted to bless who? Esau with the blessing. So it seems he should have known better than that. God had already chosen the young, the the, uh, the 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 elder to serve the younger. Well, Rebecca heard uh, heard got, heard that uh, uh, those plans of Isaac as he was getting ready to bless Esau. What did she do? Well, she dressed Joseph up in some sheep, or I mean uh, Jacob up in some sheepskins and stuff, and made him try to pass him off as Esau. And he ended up getting the blessing. Uh, Rebecca needed to help God out there, you know. And uh, but uh, and we see the mess that came of that, and uh, it was it was not a good thing. Uh, so we need to be one mind, and uh, you know, rearing our children. Uh, uh, it's interesting that that uh, mention, mentioning the you know the mess between Jacob and Esau and such that that, uh, that Jacob, when he got older, didn't make the same mistake with his grandchildren. Uh, Joseph came to Jacob when uh, when he was aged and couldn't see real well, and Joseph came with his two children, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, and apparently God had chosen here again to bless the younger above the elder. What? And we, you remember what happened uh, in Genesis 48? Uh, Joseph saw his father. He's getting uh, Jacob's getting ready to pass away, and and uh, Joseph goes to visit his father. He's in the bed and. He brings his uh, uh, two sons in. Uh, Manasseh is the eldest, and and uh, and uh, Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim. Uh, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, "Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head." 
And his father, of course, uh, Jacob refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. Uh, he also shall become a people. He also shall be great, which, by the way, is what God also said about Esau. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. So uh, Jacob uh, stood the ground there and did you know, what, what, what God had, had, uh, had called to do. He, put, he blessed them that day, saying, And these shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before uh, Manasseh. And uh, so Isaac and Rebekah could have been on one accord on that had they stuck to what God had revealed in the very beginning and it would have saved a lot of trouble. Uh, provoke not uh, your children uh, to wrath. Stir up, provoke, stimulate, excite, to, 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 to stir it up, stir them up, lest they be discouraged, uh, discouraged, uh, disheartened, dispirited, broken in spirit, uh, Discouragement. Brother Chris was talking in a recent lesson. One of the devil's favorite tools. I think I had I had it in my sermon. I think the following uh, morning, the same, the same day. One of the devil's favorite tools: discouragement. Uh, boy, a lot of Christians have fallen by the wayside because of discouragement, and uh, and 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 we need to be careful as fathers not to discourage uh, our children, not to not to break their spirit. Uh, uh, Saul or Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Proverbs 18:14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities, but a wounded spirit who can bear. You can go through a whole lot if your spirit's strong. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if that inward uh, man is strong, that inward uh, new nature is, we're yielding to that. And uh, uh, one uh, Native American got saved and, and, uh, and, 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 and asked about how, what he felt about the change in his life. And he says, he, he said, he said, I feel like I have, he, I have two dogs fighting within me. He was talking about the old nature, the new nature. And one of them said, well, which one's winning? He said, the one I feed the most. And, uh, and that's the way it is for us. The one we feed the most is going to be the strongest in our lives. We need to be feeding upon the Word of God, yielding to the Word of God, and uh, being strong in spirit. We want our children uh, to become strong in spirit as well. It's so wonderful that children can get saved at such a young age. I mean, a child, you know, four, four or five can trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and, uh, and have a whole life, you know, to give uh, in service to God and worship of God. And that's a wonderful thing uh, uh, to ponder. And we can be thankful uh, that salvation really is so simple. And uh, uh, it's an amazing truth uh, to try to comprehend, to try to wrap our, our, our head around. Uh, but but it's simple, you know. It's, that's why the command is what to believe. Uh, it's not when you hear it. There's not a whole lot of problem understanding it. Uh, it's the question is, are you going to believe it? And uh, those who will obey the command and believe it uh, will be saved, uh, you know, uh, through faith in in in, in Christ Jesus. You need to be careful not to break the spirit of uh, of our children. Uh, uh, a child uh, in Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So uh, we want to break the child's foolish will, not the child's spirit. 
We want to break the child's foolish will, not the spirit. I, I believe in corporal punishment. I believe the Bible teaches corporal punishment. I believe it's for younger uh, children. Uh, someone said, if you can't reach their shoulder, you may, you may not, you might not be wanting to try to still give them a spanking now and then. Uh, it's not to be done in anger. Uh, it's uh, there's a certain uh, a place that God made pro uh, proper to uh, you know, to provide the uh, you know to provide the board of education to the seat of knowledge, as some have said, and uh, uh, and uh, and I think God blesses that. Did you know that? Did you know that sin is painful? Did you know that sin causes pain? I mean, sin, uh, some people in the Bible, uh, I'll mention uh, in the message coming Sunday, some people got sick because of sin. Some people died because of sin. Uh, people go to hell because they don't get their sins forgiven. Those things are painful, fo folks, uh, brothers and sisters tonight. And uh, that's why I think corporal punishment is, is fitting because, because it, reflects a, it reflects a lesson that sin is painful. And, uh, and you want to turn the other way from it. It, it, it reflects a part of that lesson uh, that, that, that God has for us. <clears throat> and uh, 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 being godly in that, uh, doing that you know, carefully and uh, uh, showing that unconditional love. But that, 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 that foolish will needs to be broken, but not the spirit. Uh, not not the spirit. Uh, when a child, we want to be careful that a child always knows that they're unconditionally loved. They should never be spanked in anger. Uh, you know, if you have to go count to ten, if you have to go count to a hundred, <laughs> if you have to go pray for half an hour first, go do that. Uh, but they should never be spanked in anger. Okay, uh, uh, and uh, showing that unconditional love. Uh, they need to know that by the words, the way that we, the words that we speak, and the way that we speak them, uh, that we love them. And by the way. There's unconditional love. We talked, you know, this past week about about uh, as Christians, we, you know, we, we we serve God. Sometimes we do good. Sometimes we don't do so good. Sometimes we please God. Sometimes we don't please God. But what never changes? God's love toward us. Amen. It, it never changes either way. And uh, and that, by the way, that way that ought to be what our child learns from us. That when they're disobedient, we're displeased in their consequences. But we need also to make sure that they sense that we love them by the way we deal with them. Uh, showing them that love and, uh, and, and, be, and being careful in that. Uh, uh, having a, a sense of worth. And I'm talking about the, the, uh, the crazy idea of the world of, you know, uh, of loving yourself first and all that. But we have intrinsic worth. We are valuable. Why? Because of who made us. God, we are made in God's image. And so your child, it doesn't matter how many gifts they have. It doesn't matter what their IQ is. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. They're just as valuable as every other human being. Why? Because we're made in God's image. Because of who made us. And so we, we need to express that to our children. How valuable they are in the sight of God. Just how valuable is that? Look at Calvary. Look at Calvary. That'll tell you how valuable every human being is in the eyes of God. And, uh, and, that'll, and let them get their sense of worth from, from God's love for them, from who made them. 
And then they won't have to, you know, be trying to get it from all the things the world tries to get it from. They'll try to get it from their, you know, from their from their jobs and from from their relationships and from how how you know how many toys they can they they can gather and keep and try to get their their worth from all those things. No, teach them to get it from God because God does love them supremely, and God will help us to love them with with His love and to convey that to them. Discouragement. Uh, I think it's one of the devil's favorite tools because it's contagious. It spreads. Uh, I think of Moses in Deuteronomy when they got back to the uh, the banks of the Jordan that second time after 40 years had passed, and and uh, and, Mo- and Moses is rehearsing, you know, what they'd been through and uh, speaking uh, with those now that are left, and he says, "You came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us.'" And they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. Deuteronomy 1, 22. And he goes on in verse 25. They took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is, it is good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Verse 28 of Deuteronomy 1. Uh, they said, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have uh, seen the sons of the Anakims there. Uh, uh, then I said unto you, Dread not. Now Moses gives a pretty good sermon here. And he says, uh, Pretty good encouragements. He says, Then I said unto you, Dread not. Neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God which goeth before you shall fight for you. Uh, surely they can remember all that he'd done for them in Egypt, uh, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God uh, bare thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that you went uh, until you came unto this place. And then he says, Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God. You see how discouragement took root? That great spirit-filled sermon exhortation uh, didn't do any good on closed ears. They allowed themselves to be discouraged. Uh, they wouldn't, wouldn't believe and consider and meditate upon the things of God. And so they what they do? They remained discouraged and they turned back you know, into, the, into the wilderness. Uh, uh, we need to be careful about discouraging uh, and we, our children can learn that as a wife, submission to her husband will be encouraged by unconditional love. So a child's obedience will be encouraged by patience, understanding, love, and respect from their father and from both parents, really. Uh, they'll learn that. And uh, they'll learn also what? That their obedience pleases God. Their obedience uh, uh, pleases God. Sticks and stones may break my bones. But names will never hurt me. Don't ever believe that with a child. By the way, don't believe with anybody. Uh, words, uh, the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And, uh, and so words can hurt. Words can destroy. We need to be careful what we say, you know, and, and, and how we say it. When we say it. Uh, when we say it. Uh, and uh, uh, praying for wisdom in those things. So be careful to remember Children need us to exercise this wisdom, patience, love, and respect, along with discipline, lest we go too far.
and, and, and unwound their spirit. We need to be reasonable and purposeful in rules. We need to be communicated clearly, enforced consistently. Discipline is a hard pill to swallow, so it needs to be coated with love. Amen? And, uh, and, but it will be helpful to them. So fathers must use encouraging words rather than cutting and demeaning words uh, in, in, in rearing their, 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 their children. Uh, question 10 in your book asks, what do you expect to see in a believing father's relationship with his children that you would not expect to see in an unbelieving father's relationship with his children? Anybody want to share anything you might have for that? <clears throat> Brother Chris? The love of Christ. Absolutely. We can show that. The world can't show that. We can show that. Amen. The love of Christ. Uh, and that's what, they, that's what they need to see. Patience, kindness, listening, genuine interest, willing to do what the child enjoys, not just what dad enjoys. Spending time with them, teaching them instead of leaving it to mom and the school. Uh, having a part in, in, in the life of the children. And uh, fathers are, uh, are so, uh, so important. I passed out a case study a while ago. And uh, it's pretty simple. But uh, good girl Jane here. As I saw your daughter Jane at the pool yesterday. She looks like she's doing well. Uh, she's been a good kid for us. She's, she made the varsity volleyball team as a freshman, was an honor student, and served as her class president. We're proud of her. Uh, we have our fingers crossed for the next uh, three years. We hope uh, she continues to be involved in school and stay out uh, of trouble. And uh, so uh, she uh, talks about her there. All right, let's see here. <clears throat> We got some questions there. Uh, what do they tell us? Evaluate the goals Jane's parents have set for her. What goals are missing? Do you want to share anything you have for that? Or what are some things? You, know, you hear that a lot. You talk about children. Oh my. My son's a doctor, or uh, or uh, whatever. My my, my, uh, my son's a lawyer. My daughter's a, my daughter's a lawyer. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, you know, they go go to the job, or they're an athlete, and they go to something that they do as a vocation. And many times, what? Or it's just temporal things. But what kind of things? What kind of goals ought, ought we to have for our children, rearing them? Anybody? Sister Sandra. Character. Character. That inward stuff. That inward stuff, huh? Uh, and uh, character. Um, how about reading their Bible every day? How about praying every day? Um, how about being faithful in church? My wife and I were talking. Uh, our kids, neither one of us went to church growing up. Uh, we were, you know, I, th I think I can count on the one hand the times that I'd ever been to church before I got saved we didn't we, we weren't reared that way thankfully God saved us we got saved and I got saved and Lisa got got right with God and and uh, and we and we ended up learning how to rear our children along the way 
And the result was we listened to our teachers, we read our Bible, our kids, you know, when, when, they, grew, when they grew up, church wasn't an option. That's what we do. On, that's what we do on Sundays and Wednesdays and when the church doors are open. We go to church. And, uh, and, uh, and, and by the way, we liked going to church. Matter of fact, we loved going. We looked forward to going to church. Our kids, you know, look, look, didn't look at us and say, you know, well, well, we got to go to church again, you know, tonight. Oh, my, my favorite show's on or whatever, you know. I want to do this or I heard the fish are really biting down at the pond, whatever it might be. No, on church, on church day, we look forward to going to church. We, we, don't, we don't want to do anything else but that. And you know what? Your, your children will pick up on that, won't they? They'll pick up on that. And, uh, and, uh, and you know what? Today, our grandchildren don't have, our grandchildren don't have a choice. <laughs> They're going to church. But you know what? Our children are taking them. Our children are in church because they want to be. See, they, before, when they grew up, they went to church because, uh, because, uh, we got, because God, the God of the Bible, was our God. Now they go to the church because the God of the Bible is their God. That's a transfer that we have to make, amen? We have to make sure uh, that we're going to love our God. And by the way, there are godly people whose children have chosen differently. You know, some people think there's a guarantee in the Bible that if you're godly and do all that you should, that your children won't stray. I, I, I'd like you to show me that. Uh, not sure where that's at. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's a proverb. Uh, Proverbs happen uh, frequently and, and often, and, uh, uh, and, uh, but uh, they're not a promise that, that, that that's going to happen. Uh, my daughter actually had an interpretation of that, that, of that verse that I hadn't thought of, and she shared it some time ago in her devotion. She, she says, you know, I was thinking about that verse, and she said, I, th- I think what God's saying there is, when it's old, I'm not to depart from it. If you tell them what's right and wrong, whether they choose to do right or not, guess what? What you told them is going to stick with them. When he's old, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. The child that knows they ought to be reading their Bible, guess what? Even when they choose not to, mom's voice is going to say, You ought to be reading your Bible. The child that knows they ought to be in church loving God, even when they, they turn away from that, there's mom's voice or dad's voice. You ought to be in church reading your Bible. That doesn't depart from them. And I think that, that's, that's part of God honoring parents, you know, who do bring them up, is I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll keep bugging them. I'll keep putting your words up. I'll keep bringing by people. They'll, they'll be convicted, you know. What did, what did, you know, Jesus say to Paul? Paul, Paul, I persecuted them. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He had been after Paul and after Paul and after Paul, and he's resisting, resisting, resisting. See? And, uh, but thank God, he's patient. And he keeps working on us. What else they got up there? Uh, some of the all things that Jane's parents ought to be instructed in. We talked about some of those things. There you go. Uh, what are the repercussions of growing up to be a good person but not a godly person? Anybody? Uh, Sister Lynn? Well, good is by man's standard. That could be in anything, to anybody. Right. Yep, yep. And good, that outward thing, apart from God, what does, what does that outward good become? It becomes self-righteousness, doesn't it? Uh, we begin to think that we're something. We're somehow morally better than someone else because I don't smoke and they do. Uh, and w- without God, 
outward things that even seem godly and good and uh, and maybe by their actions uh, in a sense are godlike and good uh yet if it's not inward uh it's, it doesn't register to god because it becomes self-righteousness i i worked with a man painting for years and he was a short german guy and, and uh really just kind of a neat guy and i talked with him a lot witnessed to him a lot never 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 did pray though he was uh catholic i think and and uh but i talked with him and and uh and he talked about, I'd give him my testimony and, and, and how God had changed my life. And I worked with him for years, so I sh- shared with him, you know, the time it took to change. And, of course, uh, smoking had come up one time, and, and I told him how, you know, God delivered me from that. Because he, cause he, he would smoke. And he, 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 I remember him telling me, he said, I don't understand why people smoke and die of cancer. He, he would smoke, he'd smoke a cigarette once in a while. Uh, I'd asked him one time I saw him smoking a cigarette I said I didn't know you smoked and he says oh once in a while I'll have one he says I'll smoke a cigar and I won't have one for three months I'll pick up a cigarette and, be, and, be, and I won't have one for, for, for months uh, on end he said I don't understand these people you know getting hooked on it see what had happened he had become to a place where I can say no, they ought to say no too. You see what I'm saying? It became a form of what? Self-righteousness. And, uh, and, and, and that's what, that, that good stuff on the outside apart from Christ ultimately will lead, to a, will lead in some way. And by the way, we've read our Bibles, we know God doesn't like that self-righteousness stuff, does he? <laughs> that's, uh, folks like that were the ones oftentimes that were the hardest to reach. And they were the ones, uh, the, the religious leaders who were self-righteous were the ones who, whom, uh, whom Christ was the hardest on when he talked to them. And, uh, uh, but thankfully, you know why he talked to them that, that way? Because that's the way they needed to be talked to. <laughs> that was the best and right way to talk to them and to deal with them. And uh, Christ, uh, being perfect, uh, would know that. Uh, question thir- uh Question uh, 13. What distractions seem to interfere with good parenting? Anybody? What distractions seem to interfere with good parenting? <clears throat> with Austin? Yeah, they want the things that, uh, that the Joneses have, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, it can be uh, uh, that can be a problem. That can be that can be uh, it can be a distraction. Uh, anybody else? Other things that might distract from rearing children, giving them the attention they need. Um, some of them obvious uh, jobs. Uh, you know, we get all wrapped up and and. Uh, and, uh, and and don't make the time that we need to make uh, for them, uh, and uh, uh, we need to have uh, have ha- have time uh, with them, and uh, and uh, and make sure that we take care of that. Over involvement in church, over involvement in church. Um, as many of you know, I'm not a Type A personality, and I'm surprised that God called me to be a preacher. Most that I've met are, and. Uh, um, but where was I going with that? <laughs> but uh, uh, oh, 
folks have said, no, we want to do this. They've come to me, let's do it. You know, and they might wonder why, you know, I didn't spearhead that well. I don't think of all those things. And, and uh, I'm kind of a, a plotter type person. But, uh, but uh, you know, uh, fo- folks have done that. We've seen, uh, well, we want to do this as ministry. We're going to help Anna and such. And, and, uh, and, 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 and that's a blessing. And we, and we want to, uh, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> See if I can pick it up uh, on, my, uh, on, on, on my notes here. <clears throat> No, nope, we'll pick it up later. <laughs> All righty. Um, but we need to, just to, just to you know, lead as God directs. And uh, parents must lovingly encourage their children toward godly living. Lovingly and parents their children toward, uh, toward uh, godly living. And uh, 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 by God's grace, we can do that. All right, we'll step in a little bit into point number two tonight. Point number two is uh, relationships at work. I'm going back up here. And the employee to the employer. The employee to the employer. Verse 22, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Um, so, of course, we know that in the first century, much of the labor force was compromised of slaves, uh, purchased slaves, uh, uh, born again uh, 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 Christian uh, slaves. Uh, forgiven and, and uh, are forgiven and freed from their sin. However, they are not freed from bondage to their masters. Uh, uh, and uh, these slave owners still control much of their lives. Uh, their homes and livelihood uh, many times were provided by their masters. And so there was that, there was that slave relationship uh, that, uh, that they had then. Uh, thank God it was the principles of and truths of Christianity, I believe, that eventually uh, freed us, uh, uh, moved societies to, uh, to deny that thing of slavery. We'll see that in a bit here. But uh, uh, looking in the context here of the culture, uh, question 14 asks, what connections do you see between the slaves of Paul's day and employees today? Buddy, between the slaves of Paul's day and employees today, Brother Brian. It's not quite so. Um, the difference being that if you had a slave in a certain environment, they would be bound by contract. Right? It's not unlike uh, contract labor and work that you have to do. Right. Uh, the difference being uh, classification of the at will employees. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So we can see that count, how that carries over into our employment uh, relationship, uh, where uh, in, in, in our jobs in our jobs today, uh, uh, the difference uh, being again that at will thing. At the end of the day, what 
we go home, amen? And uh, uh, the slave uh, was a slave 24-7, uh, 24-7, 365, okay? And uh, they were always a slave, and whatever the master said to do, they, they, they would do it. So it was, uh, it was a little different uh, in, in that way. So certainly it is much, would be much easier uh, being an employee today than it was being a slave in the first century. You know, and, if, and, if, and by the way, the slave, the slave uh, was, uh, was a part of the family. Uh, uh, they were considered part of the family. You read, you, you read, you read in Philemon, when Paul writes to Philemon, uh, he refers to Philemon's slave Onesimus as, as, as related in the flesh. But he was talking about the family unit. The slave, you know, the slave was a part, was considered a part, of, was a part of the family uh, many, many times, and so uh, he referred to uh, Onesimus that way, uh, to, uh, to to Philemon. Um, so uh, the principles, and we'll end here tonight. Uh, the principles uh, governing first-century slaves apply uh, to the Christian uh, worker uh, today. And we'll look some more into that next week. Next week, we're going to wrap this up and uh, maybe just hit a few high points uh, uh, along the uh, course of the text. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word uh, today, God. I thank you for your love and mercies. And and Lord, I I thank you that uh, being born again, uh, Heavenly Father, we... We have a hope, and we know that we can, we can apply these things to our lives, and and uh, because we have your Holy Spirit living in us to empower us, and uh, you've told us in, in your Word that uh, the way that we live, the the unsaved person just can't understand it. Uh, they don't have the Spirit within them, and can't understand the deeper things of God, and living by faith, and and uh, and these things, and they won't understand that until they're born again Uh, thankfully uh, the gospel can be understood by all can be believed by all father if uh, lost people will receive you will trust christ as their savior they'll be given the mind of christ they'll be given the ability to understand more and more uh, what your word says and how to apply it to our hearts and lives and along with that uh, dear god is your spirit to empower us and to help us, uh, Father, uh, live for you. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, We praise him, uh, dear God, uh, as we praise thee. And Lord, I I pray you'd help us in this thing of uh, the family unit and and, and at work, Father, being testimonies for you in all that we do. And uh, we look to you for that and help us to just glorify you in that and give you the praise and glory for it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.